0: Well, last week, if you were tuned in with us, we talked about the tension between faith and fear, and we wrestled through that tension of, I want to have more faith. I want to grow in my faith, but recognizing the fears of our current realities. And so we talked through how to be confident in Jesus, grow in our faith, even in the midst of our realities and in the midst of our fears. And I've noticed something this last week, especially When I would go up to people and have conversations online or through texting or through our video chats, I'd, I'd ask, well, how are you doing? And I was getting the same response again and again and again, even in my own home, checking in with my kids, checking in with my wife. Hey, how are you doing? And I was getting these same responses. And it's interesting because when I would ask that question, how are you, a month ago, I would get, oh, I'm so busy, and I'm running around, and we're traveling, and we're all over the place, and we got soccer, and a lot of things going on. But now when I ask that question, how's it going, I'm getting this response. I'm adjusting to the new, you know what it is? The new norm. Everything's changed, so we're now figuring out, we're trying to learn and adjust to this new Normal. In fact, St. Patrick's Day was this last week, and I saw, in my opinion, one of the best posts on social media about St. Patrick's Day. Check this out real quick. Saw this on Facebook. I love that. It changed everything. It's, don't worry about wearing green, because no one's going to touch you anyway. Things have drastically changed, and very suddenly as well. So we are forced to adjust and adapt to this new norm. We're asking the question, well, now what? Now that we have this new life and this new norm and all these changes are happening, now what? It was August 19th, 2012, just two days after my oldest son, Connor, was born. And we were leaving the hospital, got in the car, got to the house. And I'm going to show you a picture in a second because this is me with Connor in the carrier getting ready to walk into our home. I hadn't walked in yet. I'm just on the porch. And Becky, my wife, took a quick picture Right as I was getting ready to walk into the door, you can see I still have the hospital name tag on. And you probably can't see it well because of the sunglasses, but I'm telling you, that's what I would call the the now what face. It's the deer in the headlights face. It's what have I done and what am I doing? And as soon as I cross into that door and now that I'm home and I have a baby and I'm a dad, and what all is going to change now? Now What That now what faces, one of those faces we're all showing, isn't it? As we're adjusting to this new norm and adjusting to this new life, well, now what? And it's not just in crisis modes that we have to face the the adjustment to a new norm. Anytime there's change, anytime there's change, good or bad, we have to adjust to a new norm. But when those changes are so sudden and so drastic, like what we're facing now, It is much more difficult, and those changes and those new norms are much more disruptive. I want to remind us of what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn there. Verse 28, Jesus says these words, pretty familiar, and I'm sure they've been a comfort to you over the last several weeks as well. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Like I said, a pretty familiar passage, but I want to diagram it because I don't want you to miss what's actually happening here. So notice who Jesus is talking to. Come to me, all who, who are weary and burdened, which if you're like me, I feel like I fit in that category right now. So there we are, weary and burdened. Let's give ourselves the now what face. How's that for now what? What? What are we supposed to do? We're adjusting to the new norm. We are full of worry. We are burdened. We are overwhelmed. We're exhausted. We're trying to adjust, and it's exhausting. So Jesus is talking to us. He says, now, all who are weary and burdened, where do we go? It's that first part, right? Come to me, Jesus says. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and don't miss that last part, and I will give you Rest. Jesus says, Come to me. All of you that are worried and anxious and overwhelmed and exhausted and burdened and weary, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I want us to talk about what this actually looks like, though, because it's easy to just say, well, just you know, give it all to Jesus. But what does it actually look like to move closer to Jesus? What does it look like to truly come to him, not just in this crisis moment, but at any point in our life? What does it look like to truly go to Jesus? See, my hope and my prayer for you this morning is specifically that we would look at our current situation maybe a little bit differently, that we would look at this as an opportunity to do this When I am weary, when I am burdened, when I am overwhelmed, that's a cue for us to then go to Jesus. So my prayer and my hope for you as we go through this morning that God would speak to your heart on what you can begin to do to move closer to Jesus. All of us who are burdened and overwhelmed and exhausted and weary, I pray this morning we begin to move towards Jesus and our current situation moves us closer to him. Let's pray together and we'll dive in. Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to still gather together, to still be part of your church and recognize church is not walls, it's not seats, it's not buildings, it's not a place, but it's us as people, believers, chasing after you, following after you as you even pursue us. So Jesus, this morning, my prayer is through your Holy Spirit that your word would come alive that it wouldn't just be another Bible story, but it would be words of truth and words that move us to action, words that move us ultimately closer to you. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So what we just talked about, that movement of moving closer to Jesus, there's a story that depicts that, in my opinion, perfectly. So if you have a Bible, head over to Luke chapter 10. We're going to look at this story together. I'm gonna read through it and then we'll talk about it and see what it looks like to take those steps in moving closer to Jesus. Here it is, Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. You might've heard this story before. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening, keyword there, circle it, underline it, highlight it, write it down if you're taking notes. She sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Here's the other side. Here's her sister. Verse 40. But Martha was, say it like if you were here, distracted. Martha was distracted by all of these preparations that had to be made. She came to him. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care? That's a big question, isn't it? We're going to talk about it. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, don't miss that. Literally, Martha just commanded Jesus, the Son of God, to do something. Quite bold, isn't she? Tell her to help me. Verse 41, Jesus' response. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Now, time out there for a second. Hold up. Understand the scene. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha's busy getting all these other things done. In fact, it said that she was, remember the word you said, distracted by all these preparations that had to get done. And Martha gets a little frustrated because Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet, not doing anything. So she comes to Jesus. Jesus, you have to tell her to help me. Tell her to do something. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Remember what he said? You're worried and upset about many things. Here's what we see happen. Let's go back to the progression here where Jesus said, well, come to me all who are weary and burdened. But what's happening is Martha, instead of going directly to Jesus, right, she is worried and upset about a lot of other things. Her attention, her focus is spread all over. That's the word distracted. So, all of these other things, all of these other preparations, all of these other things that are are jockeying for her attention, she has become distracted, and those distractions have, have now turned into worries, as Jesus calls them. Martha, you are worried about so many different things. You're upset about so many different things. I think you and I can say that, can't we? Can you personalize that? I am currently worried about a lot. I am currently upset about a lot. I'm currently distracted by so many other things. In our current world, with what we're facing, we, of course, would be worried and upset by a lot. But look at how Jesus finishes his his statement here. He makes an observation Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Verse 42, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. As I've been studying that passage this last week, the question that I've been wrestling with is the question why? Not why is this happening. The question I've been wrestling with in this story is, why was Mary sitting at Jesus' feet? Like, why? There's so many other things that had to get done. There's so many other things that could have taken her time and taken her attention and taken her effort and taken her energy. There's so many other things, yet she chose. Remember that word? She chose. Jesus said, no, Mary chose this. So she still chose to sit at Jesus' feet. See, I feel like right now I relate maybe a little bit more like Martha, to be honest with you, because I recognize that Jesus is here. We talked about that last week. Jesus is with you in the middle of the storm. He's with you. He's with me. I believe that with all my heart. But he's with me, but I'm still seeing all these other things. I'm saying, Jesus, I'm glad that you're here and I know that you're here, but it's a mess out here. Jesus, thanks for being around and thanks for being with me, but what are we going to do about all this? Jesus, I'm glad you're with me, but what are you going to do about it? That's what Martha's saying. And I feel like that's what I've been finding myself saying is, Jesus, I'm glad you're with me, but what are you going to do about it? So it's forced me to ask a different question this week. Why did Mary choose to sit at Jesus's feet? And I think if we can begin to wrestle with that question, I think that will help us adjust to the new norm. I think that will help us with our own now what face, what it looks like to move closer to Jesus. So what I see in this story is Mary chooses to sit at Jesus' feet for two reasons. The first one is to know Jesus more, to simply know him more, not know of him, but to know him more, this constant pursuit after who he is and what he says. Go back, I had you underline this one. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said, she was all ears with Jesus. She was sitting there soaking up his every word, listening. No other distractions, no other competition, complete focus on Jesus and his words to her. She was listening. She wanted to know Jesus more. Mary, on the other hand, remember the word again, distractions, As Mary was listening to Jesus, Mary was distracted by all these other things. And notice the progression of these distractions. They didn't start out as distractions, did they? No, they started out as preparations. So notice how this works. The preparations became distractions. Those distractions led to worries, as Jesus called them. Those worries kept kept Martha from being with Jesus. Did you catch all that? They started as preparations that turned into distractions, that turned into worries, that kept Martha from sitting at Jesus' feet, that kept Martha from hearing from Jesus. And I believe if we're not careful, I'm not saying we, we stop all the other things and homeschooling doesn't have to happen and work doesn't have to happen, and I, I get those things still have to happen, but have our preparations turned into distractions, have our distractions turned into worries. Have our worries kept us, are they keeping us from moving closer to Jesus? Mary chose what was better, Jesus said. She chose to sit at my feet and listen to me first before any of the preparations had to be made. She chose to come to me first. Jesus says something very similar in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus' words are this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be given to you as well. You hear what Jesus is saying? And read through. A great, uh, great opportunity for you this week is to read all of Matthew chapter 6. And you'll see him talk about the worries of this world. So he says, no, regardless, seek first God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and what he says. And yes, all these other things will get taken care of. Verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I think some of you just needed to hear that. Don't worry about tomorrow. Stay in today. Are you listening to Jesus' words? Stay in today. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen or a thumbs up on that one online? (laughs) Each and every day has something new to worry about. If we're distracted by all the news and all of the the social media posts and all these things that are happening in our world, each and every day it feels like there's something new to worry about and be distracted by. Seek first him. Know him more. Listen to him. And yes, all these other things will start to get done, but let's get the order right. The order is important. So seek him. We're going to talk about what that looks like in just a little bit. So I think Mary sat at Jesus' feet for the first reason of just knowing him more, to listen, but also to move closer to Jesus, like proximity-wise, physically, to get as close as she possibly could. It says Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, was listening to what he said. You cannot, you cannot get any closer to somebody than sitting at their feet. You, you just get as close as you possibly can, and you're literally right there at their feet, right next to them proximity is important, closeness is important. I think that's something we're realizing even more today, aren't we? That we're around people that we're close with even more. Might be good or bad, depending on your situation. Some you are like, I'm ready to be a little bit. I need a little separation. But the people and the friends and the extended families, the coworkers, teachers, all those other environments that we were close with, we're now far from. And that's a, hard, that's a hard adjustment. That's difficult adjusting to that new norm. So as we're feeling that, that part of our life that's missing because we're not so close with other people in other places, let me ask you this. Are you close to Jesus? Have you moved closer to Jesus through this or because of this? Because proximity is important. James chapter 4, the first part of verse 8 tells us this. Come near to God... Look at what happens. And he will come near to you. So we take a step towards God, and and he takes a step towards us, and we take another step towards him, and he continues to pursue us. It's that come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will come to you and give you rest. There is power in proximity. So let me just encourage you, lean in. If there is ever a time to lean more into Jesus, it's right now. Because we have a choice, just like Mary had a choice, we have a same choice. Do we lean in or do we back away? Leaning in would say, Jesus, well, what can you teach me right now? What are you teaching me in my current situation? Leaning in would say, Jesus, how are you growing me right now because of what's happening? Leaning in would say, Jesus, how am I becoming more like you because of what's happening in my life? Leaning in would say, Jesus, how is my faith growing and developing and and deepening because of what I'm going through right now? That's leaning in. Backing away would say, what are you even going to do about it? Where are you now? What good could ever come from this? All fair questions. But can I encourage you to ask the ones that cause you to lean in? to move as close as you possibly can to Jesus. I think that's what Mary was doing. I think she wanted to know him more, and I think she wanted to get as close as she possibly could to Jesus in that moment. Let me ask you another question. I know a lot of questions this morning. When this whole crisis is over, or when it starts to become uh, closer to the end of this crisis, when this crisis is over, Will you know Jesus more, and will you be closer to him because of it? Let me ask it again. When this crisis is over, will you be closer to Jesus, and will you know him more because of it? How you answer that question tells you whether you're leaning in or backing away from him in a time of trouble. In a time where we have needs, in a time where we're calling out for help, in a time where we are weary and burdened and overwhelmed and worried and stressed and anxious, can we lean in? Because he leans right back into you and me. There's a word that we see in scripture that I think describes what Mary was doing extremely well, maybe even perfectly. John chapter 15, verse four and five. Listen to Jesus' words here, verse four. Abide in me, These are Jesus' words to us. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, what's the word say? Nothing. Nothing that word that describes what Mary did at Jesus' feet is that word abide. And Jesus has two words he uses at the very end of that verse. He says, abide in me and apart from me. Abide means to stay. In fact, if you're reading another another translation, it probably says remain in me or stay in me, to stay connected with Jesus. That's what abide means. We all know the definition of apart, disconnected or far away. And he shows what happens in those two, with those two words and how we apply them in our lives. If we abide in him, then what? The scripture he uses, this illustration, says, well, you'll bear much fruit. Things will be produced. You'll become more like me. Your faith will grow. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we're connected with Jesus, when we're sitting at his feet, when we know him more, when we're moving closer to him, versus... Far away, distant, disconnected. Abiding in Jesus, and these are going to sound very familiar if you've grown up in church at all, nothing new but good reminders. Abiding in Jesus is listening to him. What was Mary doing at Jesus' feet? Listening to what he said. Are we doing that? Not because it's one more thing to do. This is not to add to your list of all those other things, all those other preparations. No, this is that seek him first thing. Start reading your Bible. Read it more. Not sure where to start? I've been going through Psalms. Follow me on social media. Would love to be able to to continue to encourage you as we go through Psalms. That's why we're doing that Facebook group for our church, to do Bible studies together, to help you lean in, to abide in him more, to, to wrestle to wrestle with this tension of now what as I'm adjusting to my new norm. Those conversations through the Facebook group, those text messages, you go back and forth with your group of friends and your family. Here's what I read today. What did you read? Here's what I read by God's word. What do you think about that? That's how we abide in him through his word and through discussing it with others. Also through prayer. What does your prayer life life look like right now? Is it just, Jesus, help me? I mean, that's part of it. But what about Jesus, thank you for? Jesus, I recognize who you are. May our prayer life be more than just asking for help. Absolutely, that's a big part of it, so don't neglect it. But don't neglect the other aspects of our conversation with our Lord either. Abide in him instead of being apart from him. Especially now, abide in him. Most likely, you are sitting down, joining us for church today. So if if you're not, let me encourage you to go ahead and and, and sit down for a second. I'm gonna sit down here with you. Because sitting has a purpose, right? We have become very good at multitasking, but sitting down has a purpose to gain our focus, right? In preschool, crisscross applesauce, everybody sit down and focus on what the teacher is about to say, to quiet our minds and pay attention. So if you're multitasking, at least for the next couple minutes, stop multitasking. If you're busy running around the house and this is kind of off onto another room, stop what you're doing, find a seat. We're gonna have a a quiet moment just for a moment because I think it's important because that's what Mary was showing us. Here's how we abide. So as you take a seat, as you kind of quiet down, as you calm down, clear your mind, set your heart on Jesus for the next few moments, especially I wanna bring something to your attention. Because last week I had you share with us all your go-to passages, your comfort scriptures. And one of those comfort scriptures I heard again and again and again, and it's great, I love it, is at a Psalm, let me turn there, Psalm 46. Very familiar passage that says, be still and know that I am God. Oh, I love that. So we're going to do that. We're going to be still and know that he is God. But I don't want you to miss, that's verse 10. I don't want you to miss verse 1 because it sets the scene for why we need to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Does that feel like your life today? Does that feel like the world around us? Uncertain, uneasy, unexpected, unknown, overwhelmed, burdened, weary, exhausted, stressed. It's in the midst of that scene that then God says in verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. My final question for you, do you know God? Do you know whose feet you're sitting at? If not, remember or understand it for the first time. Remembers whose feet you are currently at. This is not just someone. This isn't just anyone. This is Jesus' feet that we are sitting at. We are that close to Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. Scripture ta- calls him the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of Peace, this wonderful counselor, this mighty God, creator of all things. And we have the opportunity to not just know him more, but to sit at his feet. and To be that close to him all the time but especially in times like this, remember whose feet you're sitting at. Be still and know who He is and trust that He is exactly who He says He is. I told you earlier, I've been reading through Psalms. And that's for me personally this week. That's been my attempt at abiding in my Lord and my Savior more and more and more as we all should, but especially during times of trouble. I'm going to read to you one of the Psalms that stuck out to me this last week. The first part of it, again, kind of sets the scene. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. Well, that's what we were looking at, right? Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So truly, my soul finds rest in God, and my salvation comes only from him. Salvation is not something that we deserve or earn. It's because he gives it to us. He comes to us and hands it to us if we say yes. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress, and I will never be shaken. I will never be shaken, not because the world is perfect and because everything is working out. Well, it's it's because of who he is. I want you to look at verse five with me, though. It reiterates, yes, and sometimes we just need to say it again. It wasn't enough for verse one. We needed it in verse one and verse five. Yes, my soul finds rest in God my hope comes from him truly he is my rock and my salvation he is my fortress and i will not be shaken my salvation and my honor depend on god he is my mighty rock and my refuge verse 8 is my prayer for you trust in him at all times you people pour out your hearts to him for our god is our refuge My prayer is that you would trust in him, don't miss that part, at all times. Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to God. That's part of that that coming to him and that taking steps towards him and that leaning more and more into him. Know him more, get as close as you can to him by pouring your heart out and trusting in him. For God is our refuge. Scripture talks a lot about God being a fortress, a refuge, and a shelter. But we have to run to it. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. Key part, our part, when Jesus says, come to me. May you trust in him at all times. May your hope be in him through all things. May he be your fortress and your shelter and your refuge. But may we go to him. Let's pray together. Jesus, no matter where we are, whether we're sitting in a living room, whether we're standing in a kitchen, whether we're driving in a car, wherever we are, we are united because of you. And Jesus, especially in uncertain times, may we run to you. May we trust you. Because when we run to you, instead of all the other preparations and all the other distractions and all the other worries, when we run to you, you meet us right where we are and you bring us rest and you bring us hope and you bring us peace and you bring us comfort. So maybe there's some of you right here watching, listening, participating that have not given Jesus your hope, that you've not put your trust and hope in him. Do that right here and right now by just saying, yes, Jesus, I want you in my life. For some of us, it's a reminder yes, I do put my trust in you and I put my hope in you. Whether it's for the first time or whether it's for a reminder, let's all declare this. Jesus, you are our Lord. You are our Savior. You are our King. You are our rock. You are our refuge and our fortress. May we come to you and trust you at all times, no matter what. Thank you for the rest and the peace and the comfort that you give us.